and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. So if you've been paying attention and you're one who follows along with seasonal shows, you'll have noticed that there were a lot of shows with this winter 2021 decision. Like 44 new shows this season, plus leftovers from last season. Plus sorts. Uh, we don't have a lot of time this episode for Dilly Dally. I have a 19-page script to get through. So let's get on with our first seasonal first impressions episode. Uh, in the interest of cooling down this massive list to something more manageable for me to follow along with, usually in the 12 to 15 so range, instead of past seasons where I relied only on the first episode for this first impression, I ended up just using all episodes released at the time of writing this episode uh, to make my decision. This means that uh, instead of a drop, watch, or considerate score, meaning the typical three-episode rule, uh, I'm just going to give only a drop or watch. Um, There are some unique cases, which we'll get to when we get to them. Uh, Minor spoilers here for those first few episodes, um, though I'll do my best to limit myself uh, unless it's necessary just to really sell you on the show. So first up, we have shows that I didn't even consider to watch for one reason or another. Uh, ReZero, Season 2, Part 2. I know it's probably one of the more popular shows this season, but I still haven't watched the first season yet, so I can't start this one yet. Um, That said, my next episode uh, uh, is going to be about Isekai, so I might get around to watching the first season uh, before then. Who knows? Uh, similarly, you know, we have Nanatsu no Taize, I believe season four. Um, I never really followed up with, with Seven Deadly Sins after the first season, and after giving up on the manga partway through, which I rarely ever do for a certain series, um, it just dragged on and on and got worse and worse story-wise, and the, the poor impressions of the third season, I'm not really excited to pick this one up anytime soon. Uh, some other sequels, uh, Nanon Biori 3, World Trigger 2, Umar Musume 2, Wixos Diva Alive, So by Stars Rock, M- uh, Master Cooking Boy, and Sorceress Stabber Orphan 2 um, are all shows that, again, I haven't watched the first season of, so I can't really start these, and I don't really think, except for maybe Nanon Biori, I don't have any plans on watching any of them anytime soon. Uh, Beastars, I also need to watch the first season. That being said, I do have a little bit more time to do this since uh, this is a Netflix show and it won't be coming until later this July. So I have some time to catch up uh, before season two comes uh, made, is made legally available for me. Uh, and then Aikatsu Planet and Maiko Sanchi no Makanai-san, uh, unfortunately not yet picked up by any streaming services that I'm aware of, so I couldn't even watch the first episode legally. I believe Maiko-san uh, is, is supposed to come sometime in February, so uh, we'll see if that, get picked, that, that, that gets picked up then. Uh, anyway... Uh, it's not for the shows I didn't watch. I started to get to some other shows. First up, the shows from last season uh, that are ongoing. So first up, Attack on Titan Season 4 or Singaki no Kyojin. Uh, this one is blowing up everyone's Twitter pretty much every Sunday uh, whenever a new episode drops. So it's kind of insane. And uh, frankly, you know, it, it's pretty much a given I'm watching this. Granted, I don't really count this as a fall 2020 season show since it only had like three or four episodes air um, you know, by the end of the season. But nonetheless, I'm definitely on this train. Um, and it used to be too. If you haven't yet caught up yet, finish up and hurry up with the first three seasons. I've done a whole episode and referenced it multiple times of why Attack on Titan is such a great show. Um, it's a modern classic in the making before our eyes. When, how often do you get to see that happening? 
Uh, Studio Mapper is killing this adaptation. Uh, that said, if you are a fan of the show and you're not entirely pleased with the adaptation for one reason or another, you know, at the very least, be kind with your criticism uh, if it's not exactly how you pictured it in your head. Uh, people at the studio are getting harassed online, unfortunately, just because they used CGI in a particular way or they had a different choice of soundtrack than the fans might have wanted. Uh, it, it's 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 great that there's a passion fan base, but when it turns toxic like this, it's it's not great. Um, anyway, uh, that all being said, again, watch Attack on Titan. Uh, it's available on Funimation or Crunchyroll, coming out every Sunday. Jujutsu Kaisen, moving on to another Sonin standby from last season. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is back. Can't really add too much more to what I've talked about the last two episodes, but you know, definitely check this one out. I will say RIP to both the OP and the ED from the first core, but you know, it looks like we're in for a tournament arc this coming season, which is always reason to celebrate for me. So uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is on Crunchyroll, coming out every Friday. And then D for DJ, uh, first mix. Now, I've already talked about this one at length already. Um, and actually, since this one actually started a month late in the fall, I believe it's having its final episode either the week this episode airs or uh, next or next week, um, unless they do something completely radical. Uh, the preliminary score I gave last episode, a 3 out of 5, pretty much stands here, and, and, and I don't think there's much, too much going to change that. Definitely just, you know, a fun, so you know, some interesting technical highlights, um, but not too ambitious story-wise, and you know the music is is whatever for me. Uh, if, if that's your kind of music, then then go for it. Anyway, uh, D Four DJ is pretty much on every streaming platform, including Crunchyroll, Funimation, and even their YouTube channel for free. So beyond those two, uh, technically three, since D4DJ ends you know this week or next, but you know I'm still going to say just two for Attack on Titan and Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, you know. Aside from those two that I'm following from last season, uh, you know what else do we have that's new this season? Uh, you know, before we get to the full length of those, there are a number of sorts series, uh, including some from last season, but also some new ones. Uh, Inotoneko or Daily Life with a Cat and Dog. Um, again, I talked about this already from last season. It has a second core. It's super cute. One minute a week. I can't really explain. I can't really you know fault. Like, there's no reason to not watch it, especially Kana Hanazawa just be a cute little puppy. Um, yeah, just just check it out. Uh, suddenly, Egyptian Gods. This one is another leftover from last season, like D4DJ, starting a little bit late, streaming on Crunchyroll. Um, it's a cute six-minute sort in two three-minute segments uh, that the cute slice-of-life antics of Chibi, Egyptian Gods. Again, it's too short to not, and, and too relaxing, I guess, uh, to not to not watch. Uh, now, the first new show of the season is Idols. Um, again, another sort. Now, it's not a strong start, though. You know, the premise here is that there's a floundering idol group of four girls called the Idols, uh, doll with two L's, um, who in typical idol anime fashion need to try to succeed as a group by drawing a large crowd to some event. Uh, what this stands out is that the, uh, the, the use of motion capture technology to animate the characters and... It's just not quite there, fam. Uh, still in the Uncanny Valley, especially with their facial animations, uh, doesn't really look appealing at all. Now, you know, on a sort, normally I am pretty lenient when it comes to being experimental with animation style, but it's kind of pushing the limits of what a sort would be considered as at eight minutes long. Um, generally, you know, the sort of the show, the more lenient I am with, with artistic style, um, you know, because frankly, you know, artistic style... Uh, if it's not something that's normally in, a, in the normal production pipeline, it needs a little bit more work. It's understandable why it's shorter, um, you know, or even like less animated, right? As long as you know it's just in, entertaining. Um, 
the girls just weren't as entertaining for me, and the, the animation on top of that just you know it just on, this is just on the wrong side of length versus uh, animation experimentation. Um, it's the same because you know the studio you know Sin A Animation has some great shows and sorts like Tonari no Sekiku, which I recommend you check out. Anyway, if you do want to check this out yourself, maybe you love idol shows. Uh, this one's on Crunchyroll. And then we have Otono no Bugaya-san, aka Armor Sop for Ladies and Gentlemen, Season 2. Uh, this is a sequel to the same series, Ar- uh, Armor Sop for Ladies and Gentlemen, that ran in 2018. As a sort, it's a pretty quick binge. You know, I actually didn't wa- hadn't watched it back then, but I, I quickly binged it uh, in preparation for this. The premise is that in some generic fantasy world, some adventurer runs into an armor shop that sells the stereotypical skinny bikini female armor that's way overpowered. Now, yeah, there's a bit of Etsy-driven humor, which may not be everyone's thing, but I think what really makes this so tick isn't the fan server, but it's really self-aware in its concept and occasionally puts us up against that fourth wall for comedic effect. I mean, like, each episode, they have the characters uh, describing uh, the different roles, you know, the producers, the writers, the animators, the director who they always call that pervert. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's fun. I, I, that's pretty self-aware meta fun, which I have a bit of a soft spot for. Um, in any case, again, three minutes an episode, pretty easy watch for some quick meta humor on Crunchyroll every uh, every week. I'm pretty game for that. Plus, you know, same studio from Uzaki-chan, if that helps you sway your mind. Uh, the final sort is ABC, uh, C spelled C, A-B- ABC spelled A-B-C-I-E-E-E, uh, Working Diary. Uh, this one is a quite unexpectedly... G- uh, a guilty pleasure of mine, right? So one of the guilty pleasures I have of anime is uh, working life shows, right? You know, like especially retail workers, you know, and just kind of them kind of just living their life and dealing with whatever is is coming about. Uh, the pr- the premier example in my head of this is another sort, bookseller Honda-san, uh, t- talking about you know working at a uh, at a book retail shop. Uh, in this, I, I just find learning a little bit about a slice of an industry I don't work in pretty fascinating um, and entertaining, and gives me you know more empathy for what these people deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, to that end, ABC Sugoko Niki, produced by the same studio that makes Agutsuko, another animal-based work-life sort, um, is, anyway, ABC is about a duck named ABC, voiced by Aoyuki, who plays Suyu in My Hero Academia, Tamaki in Fire Force, Tanya in Tanya the Evil, um, and ABC is an intern at a television company station, and she shows all the different parts that make the TV station tick on and, and continue on, uh, from the news casters to the you know to the kit to the president and who knows what else in, in upcoming episodes pretty charming three minutes so on Crunchyroll that i'm glad to add to my rotation so that's all the sorts now for the full length shows uh in the past i basically just went through them in order from those i'm dropping uh working up my way to those that i'm most excited about and watching uh what i found is that you know there are a number of shows this season that have some similarities and you know generally i'd only want to watch one of those shows in a given category so i think it makes sense for me to go genre by genre as opposed to by my interest otherwise we'd be stuck with just the sheer number of shows just a ton of shows that are uh and it's going to be me dropping them basically and until we get to the actual good stuff so we'll, we'll mix it up now uh, of course, rooting that premise is, you know, of, of having some shows that I'm dropping, some that I'm keeping in the category, is somehow all the series owing, all the shows airing on Thursday, um, I like all of them in this category. Like ABC Working Diary, uh, these are shows I consider a mix of slice of life uh, with a bit of an educational component to them. 
Uh, first up, we have Yuru Camp Season 2, the first of many sequels uh, premiering this season. Uh, we return to the Yamanashi Prefecture and the girls of the Outdoor Activities Club as they continue their winter camping spree. Uh, from quiet solo camper Rin to the energetic Nadesiko, this show is so relaxing. Uh, for honestly, I binged the first season over my holiday break, and I think the first season is legit a great Christmas anime, especially for the last few episodes which take place on Christmas. Um, as they go camping. And you know, the start of this second season so far is a great way to start off the year, given it takes place right after on New Year's. Uh, fun fact, I actually usually go camping with my family every Thanksgiving holiday up until last year for obvious reasons, uh, which makes me love this show all the more since I really miss going camping. Uh, this is a show that I have, I have a ritual for watching, actually. Um, I, have a cup, I have a cup of cup ramen for lunch uh, every Thursday to properly immerse myself in just the comfiness of this ESK show. Uh, obviously, watching Eurocamp and the associated sorts and specials are before starting this one is 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 required watching. But once you do so, you know I'll be available every Thursday. It'll be available on Thursday every Thursday on Crunchyroll for you to watch. Also, unpopular opinion, but Anna uh, and Drunk Sensei are the best girls in this show. Um, all right, next up is Ten. Tensi Sozo Design Boo, or Heaven's Design Team. Now, this is for one, everyone who's ever worked in a design project or as a freelancer uh, with, with difficult clients. Uh, the premise here is that the, the dawn of creation, as the Bible says, God created the land, the skies, and the earth. But instead of creating every animal out there, he outsourced that part of it to some freelance angels to do. Uh, the interesting thing here is that the show actually strives to be educational with regard to the biology and the ecology of the animals that are designed. Uh, for example, when designing the giraffe with the request for an animal to eat leaves off of tall trees, uh, there were various prototypes such as having a tall neck only or only long legs, but their resident engineer, who's also best girl, uh, pointed out all the biological issues such as you know a super long neck making it that uh, it would get very lightheaded because the the blood wouldn't be able to pump up to the neck uh, well well enough. Um, so I led to a compromise of you know having not quite as long neck and not quite as long legs, but still long enough to get to the top of a tree. Uh, I am definitely each, each designer has their own personality. There's like about six of them uh, that that comes out when the, in the animal state design. Uh, there's one who thinks the weird, creepy stuff are, are cute, and then there's one who's all about the aesthetic, and then there's one uh, who really who who had a really early hit on with the horse, but tries to make everything horse related after that, such as unicorns and pegasi, which never get approved. Um, I'm waiting to see who ends up designing the platypus, because Lord knows that's a crazy animal. Um, as I noted, you know. Any designer or freelancer who's had an unnecessarily vague client or project scope will be able to relate to these designers and God's very vague requests for animals. Uh, each episode is about three different mini-segments capped off by providing actual live footage, Steve Irwin-style, profiling the creatures in question. Again, very educational. Quite the fun premise, which, you know, given the wonders of the natural world, I don't think is going to get old anytime soon. Um, anyway, check this out every Thursday on Crunchyroll just to learn a little bit something new about the world around you. Now, if Heaven's design team is about teaching us what's going on in the world around us, Hataraku Saibo, Season 2, or Cells at Work, is teaching us what it happens on the inside of our bodies by anthropomorphizing blood cells delivering oxygen like many Amazon workers throughout our body. 
Uh, of course, this is the second season of that series, brought to us by David Production, so you'll want to check out the first season if you haven't yet before you start this one. Uh, there's some pretty cool discussion threads out there and videos online from actual doctors and medical students verifying that the series is fairly factually correct, you know, aside from the you know, uh, anthropomorphization part of it, but even those are, are, are somewhat accurate as well. Uh, where was this when I was studying biology in high school? Uh, in any case, this season apparently will only have eight episodes, which so far have been focused primarily on the side characters, aside from the main red and white blood cell from the first season, uh, so characters such as platelets and memory cells. Um, I don't expect this to have a super meaningful plot. Again, the main point of this is edutainment, uh, more so than anything else. But, you know, it's nice to learn something while watching anime. Uh, find this on Funimation every Thursday. So, no. In case you weren't aware, in Japan, a black company is one that is particularly exploitative of their already intense work culture. Think lots of overtime with no overtime pay, simultaneously trapping new employees who feel they have no option but to continue to working for this terrible company. In the context of cells at work, where your body is a company, uh, a black company would be one where the body has to deal with constricted arteries and veins, making it hard for blood cells to get through um, and make deliveries, shortages of oxygen for your body due to cigarette smoke, and you know various other issues caused by alcohol, uh, alcohol, alcohol poisoning the body. Yeah, uh, where Stalls at Work main series does have its fair share of bacteria, bumps, bruises, and even cancer at one point, uh, the cell body and cells at work are just under constant attack um, with the bad decisions of its uh, of their body's owner. Um, definitely motivation to take care of your body properly after watching this one and not do it on the over the stress factor, such as working at a black company, perhaps? Hmm, perhaps it's like a bit of a meta situation here. Uh, on a production note, this one is produced by Studio Dean, as opposed to David Productions, uh, which does have a little bit bit of a different look. Um, a little bit less so on the animation, you can tell the crowds are not quite as developed, but I think the darker, more intense look and the more personal story around the uh, gender-swapped male blood, swell, male blood cell uh, really matches the, to the darker tone of this series well. You know, as I mentioned, we have a gender-swapped male blood cell and a big-titty white blood cell waifu. Uh, they also had a special two-part episode. I imagine this is because I think they have a full slate of episodes, and they're trying to get it to end sometimes similar to the only eight episodes one of the actual Cells at Work series. Um, but they had a special episode of episodes three and four um, that actually premiered on an, on an extra day um, uh, that featured uh, erections and STDs. So yeah, definitely not quite as safe for work for, for young kids unless you want to have a lot of middle school kids uh, uh, giggling throughout the entire episode if you plan on using this for educational purposes. Um, but in any case, Cells at Work Black is available on Fundamason every Thursday. Uh, also, just before we get to the next one, I just want to give a shout out to the Souls at Work manga, which is actually going to be ending next month on a story about, what else, COVID-19. Maybe we'll get an OVA for that. Uh, finally, we have yet another sequel, this time out of Weekly Sonen Jump. A uh, quick catch-up for those who missed it uh, for Dr. Stone Season 2. Uh, humanity was petrified 3,000 years ago, and in Science Prodigy, Senku breaks free. Um, another modern human set free is Chukasa, who has the mentality of might makes right and doesn't want to redevelop civilization through science, lest humanity return to its corrupted ways. Um, the second half of the first season was focused on Senku after tricking Chukasa into thinking he was dead, uh, meeting up with 
with other Stone Age humans and reintroducing modern inventions into the world through the power of science and ingenuity. Uh, this season is setting up for Senku and Chikazu to face off against in what's called the Stone Wars uh, to determine whose philosophy, might makes right, or that of science, will end up ruling the new world. Now, I'm current with the manga that's currently excited, that's currently running in Shonen Jump and love every episode, every chapter that comes out, so I'm super excited for this, looking forward to keeping up with this one on a weekly basis, especially since the Stone Wars arc is one of the best arcs in the whole series to be animated, in my opinion. You know, plus, in the first episodes, they even had some anime original content about reinventing the cup ramen, uh, which is the same at that point that I had already eaten my cup ramen with Eurocamp. Um, but yeah, uh, in any case, once you've caught up with the first season of Dr. Stone, you should 10 billion percent be watching this every Thursday on Crunchyroll. Uh, to recap, we have Eurocamp teaching us about natural select, natural beauty and camping. Heaven's Design Team teaching about animals that live in that natural beauty. Cells at Work teaching about our own what's inside our bodies. And Cells at Work Black teaching us the consequences of not taking care of our bodies. And Dr. Stone teaching us about human ingenuity and progress. Now, if all of those have some basis in real life, the next category of shows lean more into the fantasy genre. Uh, Oridake Haireru Kakushi Dungeon, or the hidden dungeon only I can enter, uh, is a series following a protagonist, Noir, who, as the son of a minor noble, comes across a hidden dungeon that only he can enter. No sit, Sherlock. The title of Talon didn't give him away. Um, in the dungeon, he finds a 200-year-old adventurer, Olivia, who has been trapped there by a curse. Since he can't escape, he imparts her power to upgrade and change his own and other people's abilities. Okay, somewhat unique so far, uh, though the power system, if not written well, could potentially lead to just being induced due a machina to BS his way out of any dif difficult situation without any real stakes on the line, um, but still potential if done well. And then this system uses life points, which can only be replenished uh, when he does things to give, live his life to the max, such as partaking of certain activities uh, with members of the opposite gender. And that's where the show crosses into an Etsy harem bait. Now, if that's the kind of show you're looking for, by all means, go for it. No real spoilers here, but given the premise, some tropes do recur as you can expect. Having read the manga, this basically turns into a harem series where he plays uh, with different girls to try and keep up his LP, to try to solve their problems in different ways and make them fall for him and continue to let him play with them and level up as an adventurer himself. As far as I read, there wasn't anything super spicy or explicit that I saw, um, which I don't know if that makes it better or worse for this kind of show. It's just going to be teasing without any real payoff. Um, in any case, between the weak plot and fairly stellar animation, aside from boob jiggle animation, uh, this is going to be a pass for me, um, but you can check it out for yourself on Crunchyroll every Friday. Now, I mentioned how Hidden Dungeon doesn't get too explicit. The same cannot be said of Kaifuku Jutsushi no Yarinayoshi or Redo of Healer. You may have seen this on and Twitter, but just straight up, Redo's, Redo Healer of Healer is a revenge porn. Uh, basically, the main protagonist is a rare healer class in his world who ends up getting abused and exploited for his abilities. He discovers that his healing magic actually has the power, more power than people realize, of applying certain ways, such as being able to heal the world to travel back in time before his abuse started. Um, and he does does so, uh, what does he choose to do when he goes back in time? Uh, he chooses to get revenge on those who abused him in an alternate timeline, like graphic, torture, and rape kind of revenge. Yikes. Uh, they don't hold back either. Last year, Innisfree's reviewer pushed the limit on the line between anime and hentai, and it looks like Redo of Healer is doing the same here. 
as distasteful as the plot is for me, I'm definitely no fan of revenge with fulfillment in any capacity. Uh, from what I saw of the first episode, this anime, the animation, the sound design, and voice acting are frustratingly really legit. Uh, there are a couple of versions flying around, a standard censored broadcast version, a less censored streaming version, uh, which appears to be on high dive this time around. CR and Fernie Mason both passed on this. And then a late night uncensored version that you'll need to sail the high seas for. That, from what I've seen, uh, again, basically is a straight-up hentai with main studio anime production st standards. Though, I guess I'd certainly be surprised since it's TNK, the studio that it's high school DXD and school days. Uh, if you're not turned off by the plot, um, this is the kind of show that needs to be seen and censored on Wednesdays. Um, I'm not going to be one of those people, though. Uh, sifting Gears, uh, Hortensia Saga feels like uh, Fire Emblem Light, uh, specifically Fire Emblem and the Sacred Stones, which is one of the best Fire Emblems out there, fight me. Uh, anyway, you've got a royal family whose king has been killed by an army, invades the kingdom, uh, the daughter must flee to safety, various unique character designs with quirky personalities such as a cocky bow captain from the enemy, an intimidating general from uh, who uh, from uh, uh, from the enemy side, um, bishop-like magicians, a spear general of an ally country, a spear villager who has lots of potential, a maid who's, who's I guess, is a support class, uh, who's really klutzy, um, you know, an old grizzled mentor with an axe, plus, you know, the obligatory young lord main character as well as the princess who is pretending to be a boy after four years and no one seems to know, which is really stretching my disbelief, but okay. Um, anyway, all of these times will be recruited at one point or another by the Lord and Hidden Princess or end up facing them in battle. Uh, these all make sense when you realize this is a free-to-play RPG and the characters that designs likely come from that same game. The even elements of wide-scale battle with troops like in Fire Emblem and not just one-on-one -on -one combat, combat um, as well as some light mythology and magic uh, with werewolves and demons and dragons um, returning from the past. Now, I didn't actually drop this off the first episode since I am a bit of a sucker for the Fire Emblem stories. Uh, that said, the pacing of the first few episodes is a bit slow, and in this gauntlet of a season, giving me a reason to drop you is not ideal. Plus, if they do end up recruiting a lot of allies, will they all be given proper development down the line after the introductory episode? Unlike in Fire Emblem series, where you don't really get much after the initial, initial logs except for a couple of handful of characters. Um, I think this one could be a fun romp for a Fire Emblem fan, and while I'm technically dropping it for now, I think I'll market my mal as hopefully coming back to it in the future to see if it delivered on its promise. Uh, if you do want to keep up with it though, it's on Funimation every Wednesday. Another series I'm soft-dropping due to how many series there are this season is uh, Promised Neverland. Now, before you call me in to turn in my weep card, let me explain. Uh, the first season of Promised Neverland, I think, is a near masterpiece in Thriller and Tencent. You should definitely go watch it. Uh, without going into spoilers, that season, though, uh, at the point it ended, necessitated a shift in genre from a reversed heist series to a survival story, which is where this season picks up. Uh, I also have completed the manga, and it actually last year. No spoilers, but I will say that the arc that is likely to be covered this season is probably near the peak of the series, uh, rivaling the first arc. However, I personally didn't really jive with the ending of the series after that uh, in many regards, though I don't regret reading it. Um, so, you know, that has kind of tempered my excitement for the series overall. I still fully intend to finish the series, but for the sake of not having to manage uh, it every week, um, having a manageable watch load, I won't be following it weekly um, since there's no pressure to, since I know what happens each week, um, but I'm going to opt to binge at a later point in time. 
If you are caught up on season one, though, and want to watch it, uh, do so every Thursday on Funimation. So, that's a lot of fantasy shows dropped or put on hold for now. Are there any I'm actually keeping up with? Well, one is... Give me a breath. Tauteba Last Dungeon Mai no Mura no Sonen Ja Gojoban no Machi de Kurasu Yono Monogatari or Suppose came from the Last Dungeon Boonies moved to a Star Town. Or moved to a Star Town for short. Anyway, you'll know how in Pokemon, the levels of Pokemon near the starter town are like level 5, but those near Victory Road are like the level 40 or higher. Now, imagine you grew up in Victory Road instead of in Palatown, and so by the time you head out for your first gym battle, you're vastly overpowered. That's basically what's happening uh, in this series, where the main protagonist, Lord, the weakest in his endgame village, is still very much more powerful than anyone else in the starter town he moves to. Uh, leading to various comedic situations where the insecure, unconfident Lord is completely terrifies everyone around him. Now, on that premise alone, this might be good for a couple of episodes before the joke falls flat. Um, however, on top of that, there is a crazy cast of side characters, uh, including uh, Yandere who's in love with him, uh, that make it really fun. Plus, they're able to actually, in the first few episodes, weave in an actual political intrigue subplot that juxtaposed against Lord's perception of the world really expands the world beyond just Lord. Um, now, I'm not saying this is the greatest show this season in, in fantasy genre by any means. Far from it. Um, but, you know, uh, for a Monday morning laugh where I just turn my brain off and laugh at the at the ridiculous of the situation, uh, the comedy and humor here is pretty well done. Uh, check it out again every Monday on Funimation. Uh, the last fantasy show I'm covering is Back Arrow. Now, this is a bit weird staff-wise. You got director Goro Taniguchi, who directed and created Code Geass and was episode director for various episodes of Mobile Fighter G Gundam, who, who two shows I haven't yet watched but know by reputation to be very good. Um, and then you have the writer Kazuki Nakashima, who worked on some shows known as BNA, Kill a Kill, Promare, and Tengen, Topagu, and Lagan, one of the six shows to make a 10 out of 10 on my main anime list. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time, possibly my actual favorite show of all time, uh, you know, plus character designs from the character of the manga Magi, which I really liked. Now, off that pedigree alone, I'm interested to see where Back Hero goes and give the benefit of the doubt. Uh, studio Volna, the producing studio, doesn't have a lot of works, that, but the few they do have, Ushu Totoro Remake and collaborating with MAPPA and the movie I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, give me hope on the animation front. Uh, it's like a bit of a, the plot and setting-wise is a little bit of a eat, East meets West, like literally like Chinese-inspired world meets a Western-inspired world um, in, a, in a place surrounded by walls um, and giant robots that act as manifestations of your convictions uh, do battle and an amnesiac protagonist who doesn't have a conviction but can still make a robot um, and claims to come from beyond the wall uh, joins in. Bit of the dumb side, kind of all over the place, not 100% impressed with the intro, but again, given the writing staff, the staff behind it, especially the writing staff, I'm going to give it the benefit of that to see it spiral out of control. Um, you know, plus, I got to give it respect for entitling the entire show based off of a dumb pun of Back Arrow and Bakayaro, or Idiot, uh, which is what they call the main character, who, again, forgot his name and now calls himself Back Arrow. Anyway, check this out every on Funimation every Friday. Now, I'm considering Back Arrow a fantasy series for now, but it very well could have been considered sci-fi with the mechs. God, I love me a good mech show. Um, to that end, there are a couple of science fiction shows this season I also checked out. 
Uh, one of the highlights or lowlights, depending on your perspective, is X-Arm, the show that claims to be declare war against all other science fiction series around the world. Thought it's less of a war and more of a sub between X-Arm collapse from a light breeze. Anyway, audio can't really do the show the justice it deserves, but suffice to say the CG animation looks like something out of early PS1 animations or something a solo YouTuber animator learning how to use Blender for the first time would create, um, not something that Crunchyroll paid a studio millions of dollars for. I can't even keep all the crazy behind-the-scenes stories I've seen come out about this show straight. Uh, the Canopy Effect on Twitter has said he's going to be working on the video, uh, I think coming out sometime next week on the behind the scenes, but the production company here, Visual Flight, has never made an anime before, and it's not the case where the company was pulled together from the industry to make the show. The director and writer look like they've never been involved in anime at all before either, and it's a damn shame because I've read some of the manga and art, and the story is actually pretty good in its own weird way. I'd tell you more about it, but I don't want to give you any false hope about this adaptation and that it could be good. Just go read the manga. Uh, if you want to see this train wreck unfold live before your eyes, it's on Crunchyroll um, naturally, as a Crunchyroll original, um, every Sunday. Uh, another series that looks like a bit of a train wreck is Project Scarred Praetor no Kizu. Uh, this one isn't quite from a brand new studio, but I know that it makes it better or worse. Uh, studio Gohans is the studio behind such hits as Handseekers and Wiz and K, uh, weird names, uh, and they're also behind this. Now, to their credit, they've been super consistent with their uncanny, pretty boy, fluid CG animation with oddly photorealistic backgrounds. Um, it's just a look that doesn't work for me at all. It's super distracting that I couldn't even tell you what the actual plot is about, uh, what's happening on screen. As you can tell, I'm not following this, but if you want to check it out, it is on Funimation every Friday. Another weird CG-ish anime is Soko Musume Senki, or LBX Girls. This one looks like it's based off the LBX video game known as Little Battles Experience that like looks like a ripoff of the Gunpla Gundam plastic models uh, fighting show. Now, what this the what does the girl parts come in? Well, basically, it looks like there's some interdimensional incident that causes some girls to be isekai to another world where part of a military force, they don super soldier exoskeletons inspired by the actual LBX game, and I'm presuming some other mo some real-life models as well, to fight some weird aliens. Um, but uh, at first I thought I would be... Uh, at first I thought I would be interested because, you know, uh, gunpla and models and, and whatnot and mechs those, but the exoskele an exoskeleton is not a mech, uh, and, you know, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. You know, it's the same studio that did Frame Arm Girls, and Oddly Tamayomi from last year, which I found cute story-wise, but admittedly had some pretty strong animation issues. Um, I guess there was something that could be done with the story here, but it was not going to hook me on the core concept of Armor Frame Girls. Um, in a packed season, I unfortunately just can't spare the time. If you can, though, uh, it is on Funimation every Wednesday. Now, Girls Isekai into Another World is oddly present in our next sci-fi series as well, Uwe Sekai Picnic or Other Side Picnic. Uh, this adopts a light novel series that is inspired by the Western sci-fi novel Roadside Picnic that's inspired the that, that ended up inspiring also the 1979 film Stalker and the Stalker video game series. For context, the original novel, Roadside Picnic, is about the idea of if you go on a roadside picnic, uh, the disturbance you leave uh, in a casual stop on the side of the road can be fairly traumatic for the lower life forms like insects and rodents and birds, um, and any trash you leave is a strange artifact they won't ever be able to comprehend. Extend that to uh, aliens being the ones taking the picnic here on Earth, and that's what the show is about, basically. Um, now, you know, 
essentially what the show follows is uh, it, Loder, an introvert Sorau, has managed to find herself in an alternate dimension, the other side, uh, populated with creepypastas and urban legends. Uh, if you like online f- fiction of SCPs, uh, you'll definitely dig these. Um, in any case, he finds a partner in Toriko, another young woman who explores the other side looking for a lost friend. This one leans more into the thriller and suspense uh, intense world building with a dash of supernatural horror, um, but there are also eerie undertones as well, which after Adesima I'm somewhat interested in. Um, that being said, I think the pacing here is just way too slow for my liking in terms of what's happening on screen as well as uh, just the character development of the individuals, so um, I think that holds it back. And the creepypasta encounters just don't quite do it for me action-wise, so I know a lot of people are enjoying this, but I'm going to pass on this, for now. Uh, in any case, if you are interested in Urasekai Picnic, it's on Funimation every Monday. Now, alongside Urasekai Picnic, if I had a nickel for every t- time uh, this season there was a show about a lonely blue-haired girl with heterochromia with blue and yellow eyes who finds herself in an alternate, rea- slightly odd world uh, facing against weird supernatural creatures while they search for someone lost to a bullet- bullying subplot and slight eerie undertones, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but weird it happened twice. Anyway, Wonder Egg Priority is probably the other main reason I'm not following Urasekai, as you can see the parallels between the two shows, and like I said, if I'm going to dedicate time to one show, this, to a limited number of shows this season, might as well choose the better of two similar shows. Um, not to say they're going to be identical, um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Wonder Egg is a great show, I think. Uh, Wonder Egg Priority. I've alluded to some of the plot, but in sort, you know, a troubled girl, I, uh, comes across a mysterious egg that leads her to another world where she opens it. Not gonna lie, I don't quite have my head fully wrapped around what's going on in the show, um, and I think I think that's one of the appeal of just trying to grok what's happening. Uh, Cloverworks, for their part, uh, on top of handling two other shows in Thomas Neverland and another one we'll talk about in a little bit, has outdone themselves with the animation, the character art, the expressions, the background to set the a- atmosphere. This one feels like a piece of art popping off the page, coming to life before your eyes. I'm really glad to be along for the ride. Note that I mentioned it does touch on some darker themes such as bullying and suicide, so if that's not your jam, just, just be warned. Um, uh, it's not going to be a light romp. Uh, Wonder Egg Priority is on Funimation every Tuesday. Now, Wonder Egg isn't the only show uh, this season to deal in dark and heavy topics. This next show, which kicks off a set of sports shows I checked out this season, uh, also is, can get to come with dark as well. Interestingly, all of these are guy-focused sports as opposed to last year's Irukakuru's all-girls climbing anime. Uh, 243 Saiyan Koko Dansi Volleyball or 243 Saiyan High School Boys Volleyball Team is based off the, the title alone will instantly draw comparisons to volleyball anime hit Haikyuu. And while they both have a genius setter, the tone is a little bit different. At least from what I can tell, right? I haven't watched Haikyuu yet myself. Um, based off of a Jose manga as opposed to Haikyuu's Sonen origins, this one seems to focus more on interpersonal drama between uh, volleyball team members and conflict that drive to as opposed to the conflict or the drive to improve and get the get better at a serious sport that you see in, in, in Haikyuu. Uh, Yuni, the protagonist, lives in the small town where his childhood friend and now volleyball-obsessed protagonist, uh, Kumicha, 
Kimichika uh, returns to town. Uh, the reason, though, is that he allegedly pushed, uh, pushed the team on his volleyball team too hard, yada, yada, yada. Lots of drama mixed with small-town drama, which is one of the most annoying dramas to have to deal with. Um, now, drama in and of itself isn't a bad thing, but stories of headstrong geniuses who gatekeep the sport uh, really piss me off. Maybe you're asking me, but they still do. And just continuing drama for just to have a story, basically, um, right, with... with if you just got your head out of your ass, could easily be resolved. Um, you know, and everyone's just being pig-headed just makes it not an enjoyable watch. So uh, it's the same given it's a David production story. But if sports dramas are your thing and you want to check it out, check it out on Thursdays on Funimation. Uh, Skate Leading Stars is another drama sports series, this time following up a made-up uh, sport called team of, of team figure skating called Skate Leading. Uh, basically, there's this all-around athlete, Kensei, who's really good at everything, but really loves solar figure skating, just having done it since he was a child. Or he would have if he didn't quit after becoming sour grapes about the sport after losing over and over to Genius Rayo, though, he still pra- though uh, Kensei still practices off the ice. Eventually, he is presented an opportunity to get back at Rayo by taking the ice again in the fictional sport of skate leading. At the end of the first episode, he states his intent to join the school's team before being turned down uh, for various reasons. I don't know how it turns out because I'm drawing the show. Why? Again, ever present way too much anime to watch this season, and there's also another better skating series I'll talk about in a little bit. As far as sports series goes, I don't mind so much how tropey the genre can get, um, but it needs to excel at a production level above the average, which this doesn't, either get into a, or get into a sport I already know about or want to learn more about on a technical level, uh, doesn't because you know in this case it's a made-up sport, um, or just do something off-formula and, and not quite as tropey that catches my eye, um, which again, this one is as tropey as it gets with a hot-headed main character, a cold genius rival. The director is of baseball series Major and Tamayo Yomi, which played them played those sports pretty straight. So I'm sure there's some people who love this series and more power to you if you do, but again, just not for me. Uh, if Hot Boys Skating sounds like your thing, check it out on Fundamason or Sundays or again, another series I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, Wave Surfing Yape is another anime and cute boys doing sporty things, uh, this time doing surfing things. This one's actually a TV version of a movie trilogy about the same thing. Masaki, who's grown up around the ocean his whole life, has never surfed, but after seeing how beautifully a new transfer student rides the waves, decides to try it for himself. Uh, on one hand, a bit less gatekeeping than the volleyball anime, and also less tropey than Skate Leading Stars, but with Fall Sword, it's just, unfortunately, the anime just doesn't look that great in terms, of, in terms of animation. The CG doesn't quite look, isn't where it needs to be, and doesn't really do much for me to inspire interest in the sport from a technical level. Given it's not the original work, but an adaptation of a movie, so I imagine they're targeting people who are already fans of that movie. Um, unfortunately, that's why it doesn't quite hit with me. Shame. Uh, in any case, if you do like pretty boys trying being tried to try to surf by other pretty boys, check it out on the Crunchyroll every Monday. So we've got skating on ice, surfing on water. Another sport we can cover is skateboarding on the ground, uh, which is what Skate, aka Skate the Infinity, and the and the eight and Skate is spelled SK Infinity sign. Anyway, uh, in one Japanese town, there is an abandoned mine when there's no rules skateboard, skateboard race takes place. Reki is a high school student obsessed with skateboarding who convinces Canadian transfer high school Langa, high school student Langa, who knows how to snowboard, to try it. Um, I think what makes this so work, despite, you know, similar to the shows above, um, 
you know, cute, hot, pretty boys doing some sort of sport things with Passion um, is one, this is by far the best animated of the shows, and arguably one of the best animated of the season, period. Uh, two, has a decent sense of humor peppered throughout the intense moments, which I know, I appreciate that. Uh, three, it has an actual sport, and it doesn't really trivialize the sport, you know? Um, the ED is, is full of sorts of characters falling as they learn tricks, and the whole second episode is Langa learning how to do the most basic of tricks, the Ollie. Um, and fourth, you know, it has a great cast of supporting characters as detailed in the OP and who started to start showing up. Shadow, Terry Blossom, Adam, Joe, and Mia all look like skaters who are going to have their own bombastic personalities that are just going to bounce off each other in really delicious ways. Uh, if there's one sports anime you check out this season, make sure it's Skate the Infinity every Saturday on Funimation. Now, all these sports shows are all guys, and this next one of the three idol shows, I also happens to be a male cast, uh, a bit of a rarity for the genre. Um, I2 is a series based on a now defunct dating sim with a mobile game that ran from 2015 to 2019, with a new version launching in 2020. Uh, the basic story follows training groups at a school for idols. There are four groups with 16 characters total, already a lot, plus they'll pay crazy bear mascot principal. But if my count with the OP is correct, there are actually as many as 30 total ca characters, all of whom, I'm sorry, there is someone some responder there, so they're all going to get screen time. This, by the nature, I think, of the show is just going to dilute any possible plot or characterization we get. I mean, Hypnosis Mike had 12 shows, and that's kind of pushing it, much less having 30 in this one. And, you know, this is probably more personal preference than anything and taste, but the performances they showed, which is in an idol show or Paramount, just didn't do it for me. So this is going to be a bit of a pass. Um, if you do like Pretty Boy Idols, though, give this a shot on Crunchyroll every Wednesday. Uh, Gekaidol is at least compared to Aichu, a bit of a, has a bit of a different twist on the formula. Not quite as explicitly stated in the first episode, but from what I can tell, in sometime in the future to version of Tokyo, so after some catastrophic event, there are theaters that make use of advanced holographic technology to put on entertainment shows, and some girls decide to use this to you know try to cheer up the world. Bit of a darker undertone here, you know, again, a lot of things below the surface that haven't been explicitly stated, um, you know, in addition, but, you know, I think it, the pacing was a little bit too slow for me to really get hooked in if everything's hidden. Um, in addition, their choices for character design make distinguishing between main characters who've barely been introduced a little bit rough to follow along, and there's no real sense of characterization otherwise as well. I've heard in recent episodes it gets it embraces the darker atmosphere a little bit more, um, especially with revelations about some of the girls' background. But in the pack season, I just don't have I just didn't it just didn't do enough to catch my attention to earn a slot on my list. Um, if you do want to check it out for yourself, Gekai Doll is on Funimation every Tuesday. Uh, finally, idly proud. Pride is the last idol show I checked out. Um, the twist on this one is that the male, main male protagonist, Makino, was a manager for a 10-girl idol group, and he used to be the assistant manager for a rising star in the idol world, Mananagase, who happened to be his classmate. Uh, however, in the first episode, it's revealed that on the eve of a major idol tournament, which in this world, idol, world, idol ratings are determined purely by algorithm, uh, Mana got into a fatal crash a car accident. Um, and now the twist is her ghost hangs around Makano as he moves on with his career in the idol entertainment. Um, eventually, in the second episode, signing Mana's younger sister Kotono to the idol agency, as well as a bubbly young girl Sakura who has the same voice as Mana. Uh, between the dead idol ghost shenanigans and potential for pretty decently animated idol performances, this one has just enough drama mixed in with the idol stuff and, and some humor to keep me hooked. 
Um, I'm provisionally keeping this on to see if the gimmick doesn't get old. Um, this is director Yu Kinomi's directorial debut, with the only other credit I could find being the charming uh, Asobi Aso based as assistant director. And the animation director also worked on New Game and last season's Ochikobare Food Tart, which gives me some promise here as well. Follow along on Sundays on Funimation. Now, I categorize Idly Pride as an idol show, but the supernatural ghost element of Mana's Ghost reminds me of another supernatural series this season I checked out. Um, first up is Vlad, Vlad Love. Now, this is a bit odd. This one comes from Production IG, great production value for the most part, um, and the, especially with the unique framing and compositing we saw in the, pre, in the first episode. Uh, the episode actually had a pre-screening on this YouTube channel, uh, presumably where all other episodes will eventually air with English subtitles, um, with its official launch on February 14th. So I don't quite have enough yet to fully make a decision on this one. However, the, the mind behind the whole series is 40-year industry veteran uh, Mamoru Oshii behind works like Ghost in the Cell, Path Labor, Urusei Yus Datsura, and the original Gatsuman series. That pedigree alone is enough to keep me interested where this show goes, at least for a couple of episodes. As far as plot, you know, it's a girl who can't con- who can't donate blood due to a blood condition. Upset is obsessed with donating blood to the point of harassing, you know, the, the ones who manage the donations and the school nurse. She comes across a vampire who is famished and wants to drink some blood, and you know, this seems like a match made in heaven. Yes, there are Yuri undertones in this. Frankly, I have no idea where the series goes and wherever, the, wh- but whenever the future episodes release, I'm going to at least give it a chance to find out. Um, anyway, this one again hasn't fully launched yet, but will do so on YouTube starting February 14th. Kai Byo Ramune is a supernatural series that is an adaptation of a manga series following Dr. Ramune, who cures diseases no modern hospital knows how to fix. We're talking about, the, of course, the typical disease of your tear ducts having sorry crying condiments like mayonnaise instead of tears, or your penis having turned into a fist cake. Yes, there's an actual episode that has aired so far. Uh, the gist of these stories is that some negative action of the afflicted individual, such as being an unfaithful seven-timing playboy, or those around them, a semi-abusive mother of a child star, is causing the bizarre supernatural manifestation of these symptoms. And Ramane uses supernatural tools and treatment and treatments to bring these to the officials' attention. But he doesn't just cure them, no. He has to basically make it worse for them first so that they realize their problem before changing their ways uh, for the so that tweets the root cause. It's I guess gets results, but I don't know, it just seems like a bit of a dick move on his part. Um, it could be interesting, but the repetitive nature I already feel after only two episodes and the dark and lackadaisical tone of the doctor is really off-putting to me. Uh, no real hint of a large narrative to work with yet either, so this one looks like it's going to be a drop for me. But if you're into weird urban legends, this one may scratch your itch, maybe. Uh, check it out on Crunchyroll every Saturday. Uh, the other reason, like in other categories, I ended up skipping Ka Byori Ramune, is that another supernatural series that does this better. Um, Kemono Jihen is a series about Kemono, a Japanese term for beasts or monsters. One individual, Inugame, is secretly a tanuki who works as a detective dealing with Kemono-related incidents. He's called to the countryside where he meets Kabene, who is revealed to be a... Um, a kimono himself, a half ghoul, half demon variant. Um, now, at first, I was a little bit skeptical because there's a lot of small town drama, like you know, with two, four, three, the volleyball. So I wasn't really a fan of. But by the second episode, he ends up coming uh, to Tokyo. I'm not gonna really explain how or why, but he ends up joining Inugame uh, at the kimono detective agency, working to solve crimes alongside other child kimono. Now, I'll admit. 
you know, again, I consider dropping it because of it. It's not head and shoulders above other stuff this season. But the second episode, again, it set up a lot, did a lot to set up the entertaining cast of side characters and also, more importantly, the larger narrative goal of Carbonus birth parents and trying to find out who they are as well as you know starting to see Carbonate grow as a person from a ostracized you know uh you know boy in the in the countryside to actually having a, a family he's find found in tokyo um i will say that the studio behind it aji dao Dao, is a up-and-coming studio but which between a sentence of a bookworm and kakushi goto um i see some promise here as well from the production side hopefully i'm not too burned but you know you can see for yourself that's the case on sundays at funimation now, Supernatural is a genre that's usually hit or miss for me as evidenced by what we've seen here. Um, another genre like that is romance. Uh, usually there needs to be some twist or quirk to it or melodramatic drama that isn't uh, that, you know, uh, a quirk to it, but melodramatic drama usually isn't my jam. That being said, I'm surprised. I'm actually interested in all three of the romance series I checked out this season to varying degrees. Uh, Jakuchara Tomozaki-kun, or a low-tier character uh, Tomozaki, follows the story of Tomozaki, one of the best players of gamers in Japan at the game TACFAM, uh, which is clearly a ripoff of Super Smash Brothers. However, he's also a social outcast and loser who has become disillusioned with the quote-unquote game of life, with him believing that it's inherently unfair, with him being a bottom-tier character with trash starting stats. Yikes. Uh, the random incel-like philosophy going on. As someone who's invested in the Smash Bros. scene, I just found it very unbelievable that someone who's the top of the game in Japan does not have a more supportive community around them. Almost all the top players of Smash Brothers and indeed esports uh, in general have a pretty strong work ethic, um, not only applied to the game, but also to life in general. Now, suspension of disbelief being difficult aside for me, Back to the plot, he finds that the number two player of Smash Bros, I mean Tag Fam, is his classmate, super popular girl Hinami, who encourages him to tr actually try and grind at the game of life as if he were grinding at Tag Fam. Bit a little bit cringy, but we'll go with it if it's a self-improvement story. I think despite my misgivings about the portrayal of Tomozaki as a character early on, I can see the potential of this series as a story of character growth. It's, it's apparently a super popular light novel, and from what I can tell from what people have said, the main message isn't a more cringy, if you can try, you can be social, um, but more so about the mentality of how to improve oneself and making an effort to live a better life and not you know, think that, oh, woe is me, I'm going to just say life is trash without actually trying. Um, you know, plus... Frankly, you know, like with the girlfriend, the character design of the girls featured in the opening are super cute and make me want to keep watching to see what how they turn out. Uh, some of the best this season, actually. Um, though I did end up trending with the girlfriend after everyone except Chizu ended up being trash and insufferable. So you know. Um, anyway, I am also a sucker for Smash analogs. I'll stick with it for now, um, though by no means is it quite a sure thing yet. Uh, you can follow along on Funimation every Friday. Uh, Quintessential Quintuplets is another sequel this season, following up with Uesugi and the five Nakano Quintuplets, who, as a reminder, it is so at the beginning he marries one of them at the end. Now, which one is the whole is the entire mystery of the show? Uh, when I started the second season, one it had it been a while since the last season, so I needed to slowly remember the details. But I did get there in the end. Um, the second bit, though, was that it looked the second half looked a little bit different than the first that I remember. Not in a bad way, just 
uh, a little bit different. But it turns out the production studio and directors changed, which explained that shift. By the second half of the first episode, we were back to the normal, you know, tutoring shenanigans I expected from the first season and enjoyed. Now, by their nature, harem series kind of gone indefinitely without any real progress, right? The whole point is to keep people interested with the potential that their chosen girl ends up being the one that wins in the end. Um, until the author decides he gets tired and, qu- and ends the story, um, I the manga has added. I do know who the end girl is, though it's been spoiled for me. No, word, but I'm not going to spoil you, um, even though I haven't read it myself. Um, so you know, similar to Promise Neverland, I'm sure I'll enjoy the journey to the destination. But knowing the jur- the journey, the destination at the end, somewhat kills the hype for this. I will, like Neverland, probably binge this whenever I have time later this season, but it's not a high priority for me to follow up on weekly. Um, that said, if I were to do so, it would be uncrunchable every Thursday. Also, Ichika's best girl, fight me IRL, no one can tell me otherwise. Uh, Horimiya is finally one of the big hype shows this season, uh, being a very popular romance manga back in 2011 when it first started as a Four Coma series. Uh, basically, it follows two students, Hori, who is a very popular girl um, at school, but is a bit of a homebody introvert at home, while Miyamura is a bit of a respectable uh, introvert otaku at school, or so it seems, but outside of school, he has a lot of piercings and tattoos hidden by his blazer and long hair, and he's just the epitome of cool. They end up finding each other's secret out and taking comfort that that the other person knows the secret and the friendship and closeness begins between them that presumably will lead to romance. Now, from what I've heard of manga readers, past a certain point, the manga drags on the romance into more fluffy slice of life events, but the main narrative plot that's likely going to be covered this season makes for a nice one-course series um, with a nice resolution without too much dragged-out melodrama. Because of that promise, and because the side characters look to be developing really nicely alongside the leads, and the animation of Cloverworks, which, again, seriously, how are they doing three shows this season? Um, this show was a lock from the very first episode for me. Uh, Horror Mia is a Funimation show that airs every Saturday. Now, Romance, again, not the usual genre I buy into, though thankfully the season looks to be different. Um, I do tend to have a little bit of better luck with the isekai genre, especially if two of the four isekai this season are sequels to some of my favorite isekai of all time. Though, you know, the new stuff doesn't slouch either. Um, in fact, a couple of other shows this season could also be considered isekai, including ReZero, which again, I haven't started yet. Um, to that end, actually, again, next week I'll be doing my genre deep dive on the isekai movement as a whole. Um, look forward to that, but for now, let's close this episode with the isekai series I did check out for this season. Uh, Kumo Desuga Nanina, So I'm a Spider, So What? is another Crunchyroll adaptation that thankfully is a lot better than X-Arm. Uh, the premise here is that the class of students all have an incident that leads them to be reincarnating in another world. The girl on the bottom of the social ladder, Wakaba, is reincarnated into Kumoko, a spider, um, as the title suggests. Uh, not one to spread the small stuff, she decides to try to make her way in the world, which isn't easy when you have cannibalistic siblings or giant acid-spewing frogs and snakes that want to eat you. She does make do, uh, and with the typical RPG-inspired game mechanics of the world, we see her leveling up with each enemy she's able to defeat through ingenuity. Now, as an 8-legged arachnid, it would be pretty hell for a studio mil- <coughs> Millipensy, uh, the same studio that had this, that did the disaster of the Berserk remake in 2017, to hand animate it. So they animated her with CG, which frankly doesn't look that bad. It's still definitely obvious CG, but it looks way better than Berserk and way better than X Arm. Again, not the best, but you know, yeah, better than X Arm. Uh, 
so Komiko's portions of the shows are redeemed by the voice acting of Aoi Yuki, uh, who we mentioned earlier in this episode. Um, I don't normally highlight Seiyu, but she really does great here because a large part of what carries the show is just her really energetic monologue to herself and to the audience about her thoughts. Um, plus, she does a super crazy solo ED performance as well at super hyper hyper speed. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Kumiko uses the game mechanics um, of the world to rise above her, her station. I get Bofuri or Rimuru vibes from this um, to some degree where she'll probably get crafty about how she uses her spider skills to, to level up and get new skills that are broken. Now, I mentioned Kumiko's part because, as I alluded to earlier, she's not the only one to reincarnate from her class. The rest of her class did as well, and there are flashes throughout the episodes of where they are in this new life. Presumably, I imagine they're doing so because it's actually going to intersect all the stories at some point, um, but I'm con- I haven't yet figured out how that's going to happen. Light reader novels have a sword. It's a great story so far. So once you get used to the CZ spider legs, I think this one has a potential. Uh, naturally, you can find this on Crunchyroll every Friday. Now, obviously, I can't quite keep myself from dunking on X-Arm. Like they had a brand new company that never made anime before, but that tried to make that train wreck. It's not like completely new anime studios can't do well. Uh, take Musuko Tensei Isekai Itara Honki Dasu, or Jobless Reincarnation I Will Try Seriously If I Go To Another World. The studio behind it, Studio Bind, was put together specifically for this series alone. But the animation here is stellar. Um, based on a very popular light novel, which in fact could be argued as one of the progenitors of the isekai craze of light novels uh, and super long titles uh, that got us to where we are today, b- back in 2012, um, you know, it's one of the forefathers. And as such, being one of the early forefathers, it set a lot of the tropes. You know, middle-aged neat, loser is killed in our world by being hit by Truck-kun, um, having regrets about his past life, he resolves to try better in his reincarnated life, where he regains all of his memories as a 34-year-old as a baby, uh, which leads to some questionable characterizations, but more than in a bit. Uh, naturally, with his intellect in this world of swords and sorcery uh, he, and his knowledge of how games work, he's able to teach himself magic early on and becomes considered a genius in the making. However, trauma from his past life, namely being bullied in high school, least, uh, leading to his neathood, remains, leading him to never go beyond his parents' fence at first. I think one of the beauty of this show, besides, again, the stunning animation of the water effects and, and just the character design in general, um, is getting to see Rudius, the name of the main character, uh, set his regrets from his past life over time as he gets to second started life. Yes, there was controversy online how he started off as a bit of a loser and a, and a little bit pervy baby. But again, I think that's important because the, whole, the fact is he hadn't yet fully let go of his past life at that point. And as he becomes more integrated with this life, he begins changing as a person actually, again, becoming the tryhard that they describe in the title. Um, and you have a, a pretty low starting point to really get to the part later on. Um, I also really appreciate how, as a Isekai series, it does grapple and never really forgets that it is an Isekai he did come from a previous world. You tend to see other Isekai, especially nowadays, say, oh, I'm in another world. I guess I'm going to just live here and be happy and completely forget about my other world. And yeah, sure, there's no real way for Rudius to go back to his old life, nor would he want to. But the fact that he still thinks about his old life and ha- it has an effect on him because he kept his memories um, is really powerful, I think, and, and something I wish more Isekai did properly. In any case, story aside, as I noted, animation, breathtaking, up there with Wonder, Eggs, Priority, and Skate for the prettiest shows of the season. You should definitely watch this every Sunday on Funimation. 
Uh, the second season of That Time I Reincarnated as a Slime, Tensura, is back, and the great Rimuru-sama is here to be stupidly overpowered in a non-infuriating way as he plays Age of Empires with the Tempest Kingdom. If you haven't seen Slime and you like the Isekai series, just check it out. You know, um, Obviously, you, you, this season won't make sense if you haven't seen the first. Um, I won't spend too many words on this. I, we're already at one hour long of an episode already. Um, so, you know, Slime Season 2 on Funimation every Tuesday. Finally, the last anime I checked out this season is the third season of Log Horizon. Again, for those not aware, Log Horizon is one of my top six anime of all time. Um, one of the only handful to get a perfect 10 out of 10 on Mal for various reasons. The focus on intellect and strategy as opposed to pure brawn to solve problems. Economics and their importance and, and thinking outside of the box. The reassurance that online life and experiences are just as variable as in-person in experiences. You know, Sarah and his gang have stuck with me for years, and while it's been a while, you know, six years since the last season aired, uh, some tax fraud by the light novel author is, is to blame. Um, I, I, do, I did need a professor and possibly need to do another rewatch uh, of the first two seasons before this, but I'm just glad to be back in the database, even if the database OP is gone, um, but, you know, still always losing my heart. Thank you, Man with a Mission. Surit Studio Dean Animating, uh, which all, who also did Inferior Season 2, but for a show about the power of words, I don't think it's as important. Seriously, haven't yet? Go watch Log Horizon 1 and 2 and catch up on Funimation on Wednesdays. It was never a question in my mind I would be watching this, um, given the pedigree of the series for me. All right. Whew. So between all the series I said I'm watching, or after the first few episodes, decided I'm interested enough in keeping on with... That's 20 series. Plus the three from last season, I'm at 23 full-length series, which is way over my usual case of about 12 to 15 series a season. However, there are a couple of things I can do to make it a little bit more manageable. First, D4DJ actually is ending again this week or next, uh, so I'm really working with 22 full-length series. Seriously, Vlad Love won't really start until February, halfway through the season, so I don't count it either. Down to 21. Um, then, some, again, some sequels I do intend following up with, but since I'm not as invested with them on a week-to-week -week basis, I'm not going to watch it every single week and not count it for that. Those are Contentional Quintuplets um, and Promised Neverland. So while I'll likely finish these by the end of the season, it won't be my weekly case. That brings us down to 19 weekly shows. And then, Souls at Work is only going to have eight episodes, and it looks like they're manipulating the set as well for Souls at Work Black to end at a similar time, so I won't count those two in the weekly count either. That brings us down to 17-ish series. Now, yeah, that is kind of like a very tenuous 17. Um, a bit more I still would like also on my play at a given time, but way more manageable than 23. Uh, we'll see if some of the series I'm tentatively watching. I'm not 100% sold on stick around in the long term, um, depending if the, if the premise gets old or not. These are moved from the boonies to a starter town, back arrow, idly pride, kimono jihen, and low tier character. Um, all of this being said, it was pretty much a first world problem to have too many anime to keep up with. Uh, let's see, some other stats worth noting. Looking at full length shows, of the 22 I'm looking at, ignoring D4DJ ending soon, I'm watching 8 are from Control and 13 from Funimation, with one Vlad Love on YouTube. 
date-wise of the day of the week, this is definitely another uh, later in the week heavy sew. Uh, one sew on Monday, two on Tuesdays, one on Wednesday, and then five on Thursdays, all my educational sews. Four on Fridays, a brief respite with two on Saturday, and then four on Sunday with another three. Again, I'm putting on the flo general floating date since um, I'm not sure when I'm going to binge them or it hasn't yet aired yet uh, with Vlad Love. Also, nine of the 22 shows are sequels, which is, again, pretty crazy for a season. Uh, to recap, here are all the shows I'm, I'm dropping and what I'm watching out of the 47 full-length shows and the four sorts this season. First, we have the 12 shows I either haven't seen the first episode of, of Like We Zero or couldn't find a legal stream for, not uh, B-Stars. Um, and then 13 full-length shows and one sword I'm dropping, uh, 243 Say and Coco Dancy Volleyball, the, uh, vo the high school volleyball boys team, uh, X-Arm, Kaifuku Jututsi no Yarenosi, Redo of Healer, Geki Idol, Hotensio Saga, Aitsu, Idols, which is a sword ser series, Kai Byo Ramune, Oridake Haruhi Takagusi Dungeon, Dungeon Only I Can Enter, Project Scar, The Praetor No Kizu, Skate Leading Stars, Soku Musume Senki, or LBX Girls, Urasen Sekai Picnic, and Sur Wave Surfing Yape. Uh, one so I haven't yet fully made up my mind about, Vlad Love. Uh, and then 21 full-length series and three sorts I'm following for the time being, though between Sword of Series and me pulling some on hold until I binge them later, it's more like a functional 17, um, plus stuff ending early. So, uh, ABC Working Diary, a sort. Armor Stop for Ladies and Gentlemen, uh, Season 2, a sort. Uh, Attack on Titan, Season 4. Back Arrow, Stellas at Work, Season 2. Stellas at Work, uh, Black, Dr. Stone 2. Horror Mia, Idly Pride. Inotoneko, a sort. Uh, low tier character. Jujutsu Kaisen, Kemono Jihen. So I'm a Spider, so what? Uh, Log Horizon, Season 3. Musoko Tensei, Try Hard in Another World. Promise Neverland, Season 2. Queen of Cecil Quintuplets, Season 2, Skate to the Infinity, Suddenly, Egyptian Gods, A Sort, Tatoeba Blast Dungeon, Move to a Started Town from the Boonies, uh, Tensi Sozo Designbu, Heaven's Design Team, The Time I Was Reincarnated as a Slime, Season 2, Wonder Egg Priority, and Eurocamp Season 2. Now, it's really hard to pick early runners for anime the season with just a such a stacked selection. To make it a bit easier, here are my top 5 picks for original shows, as well as for sequels. Uh, for sequels, my top five shows in order are, in fifth place, Slime Season 2, fourth place, Dr. Stone Season 2, third place, Eurocamp Season 2, second place, Log Horizon Season 3, and in first place, Attack on Titan Season 2, or Season 4, sorry. And finally, for non-sequels, I think my top shows are roughly, excluding Jujutsu Kaisen from last season, fifth place, Heaven's Design Team, fourth place, Try Hard in Another World, third place, Skate the Infinity, Second place, Horimiya, and first place, Wonder Egg Priority. Uh, and with that, we have come to a close to the jam-packed Winter 2021 first impressions episode. What a start. Uh, what shows are you watching that I missed out on? Uh, which ones did I not uh, which ones did I not watch that you are watching? Which ones uh, which ones are you watching that I'm not watching? I don't know, whatever. Tell me what shows you like, tell me what shows you don't like, tell me what, what my trash is taste, tell me my trash is based. What are your favorite shows of the season? How bad will XM actually get? Will I ever have actual time to do anything else this season but watch anime with how many shows there are? Let me know and Twitter at YetAnnoAnnyPod or via email at YetAnotherAnimePodcast at gmail.com. 
follow my mal on at ninjaboy333, boy with an I. A link to that, as well as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and the show notes. Share it with a friend, leave a review uh, on, on those services as well. Um, it really helps us all out. Um, intro and outro music provided by Suichi Sakagami at tennis.com. Editing production provided by Ninja Boy Media. Uh, that's it for this episode. We air on the first and third Fridays of each month. Again, that regular schedule picks up again uh, in February. Uh, next episode, given all of the isekai anime airing this season, I figured it was high time I do a genre deep dive episode, this time digging into that trapped in another world genre that's grown so popular in the last decade. Um, but until then, see you, Space Cowboy. <laughs>